Listening to the Moon Child, coming to you today in the afternoon on April, oops, not April, May 4th, 2021 in my new room, new house, and I, man, I'll tell you, the vibes are really immaculate. I've been waking up like at 6 a.m. for the past three mornings that I've been here, because the sunshine really just be waking me up. I could you not, and I'm able to get to the gym early in the morning and do what I need to do, and as far as record these episodes as well. Now I don't have to make a drive and go to a parking lot. Now I got my own room, you know, my own little space, uh, my own little vibe, my own little setup. And I'm truly enjoying it right now. I'm truly enjoying it. So today I actually want to talk about the play-in tournament. I'm going to talk about the teams that's in the play-in. And I also want to talk about the teams complaining. And I want to talk about Curry taking the keys as the best player in the NBA. You know, there's I'll get into that later. But as far as my Kings are going right now, it's looking a little tough. Tyrese has just got injured. Um, it's they they're optimistic that it's not serious. I don't think it's serious either. As far as our chances going into the play in, it's looking pretty slim. There's eight games left. We're 10 games under 500, but we're only four games out of it. For us to make it, we would have to hope that the Spurs and the Pelicans to just keep losing at least 80% of the rest of their games, and we would have to win at least 90% of the rest of our games. And without Tyrese and without Fox right now, I wouldn't bet on it completely. But as far as these last two games, they've been showing progress. I like to see competitive basketball. I like to repeat myself on this consistently, where I don't care about the wins or losses with this stage of the Kings teams right now, because they are young, they are promising future. I just need to see progress and good basketball. I don't want to see lazy basketball, unmotivated basketball, where I want to feel motivated to watch watch them play. I want to feel motivated during the game. I don't want to see a team completely checked out or not trying or not being competitive. So that's my take on that. But as far as this playing tournament, there's a lot of debate going on whether it's fair or if it even should be needed. Now, if you're talking about this season, I think it's fair. It's a shortened season. It's shortened by 15 games. I don't think a playing tournament is terrible. I really don't. And if you don't want to be in the playing tournament, win games. Be in the top six. If you don't want to be eliminated in the playing tournament, win a game or two. I think it just goes as simple as that. It's about competing. I never heard professional athletes be so scared <laughs> about competing. And if they're as great as they, you know, people are saying they are, they shouldn't have a problem with it. They should feel fully confident on whoever's lined up in front of them. Simple as that, in my opinion. And if you break down what the playing tournament is, it's the 7th or 8th seed. All they got to do is win one game. They play against each other first. So the 7th and 8th seed plays against each other. Whoever wins that 
is automatically the seventh seed. So if this whoever loses that game, so say the seventh seed beats the eighth seed, seventh seed is already in as a seventh seed. So now the eighth seed has to play the winner of the ninth or the tenth seed. Now the ninth or the tenth seed, they have to win two games. They have no room for error. Now the eighth seed, they get to have one loss as insurance, but they can't lose again. And all they have to do is win once. The ninth or the tenth seed has to win twice. These games are going to be very, very competitive. So it's important for the teams throughout the season to not to make sure that they don't put themselves in this position. Simple as that. Now, as far as the play-in tournament going on forever when the regular 82-game season is back in hand, now that's debatable. Now that's debatable if you want to keep that or not. But I feel like there's good things and bad things that come from it. I think there's actually more good things that comes in a play on tournament play in tournament for the future than bad things but do, does that mean i think it should go no nah, i don't think it should go i think it should just go back to normal if if the players are not down with it or if the teams are not down with it then i'm you know might as well not put put in a situation where the the people hate it but as far as you know the good things and the bad thing let's talk about the bad things that could potentially happen for having a play in tournament for the future is is the upsets you know these are one game you know these are one game eliminations where things can go either way where a 10th seed can just be hot for two games and get a playoff spot and it might be a playoff spot that they don't deserve they can be like 10 games behind the seventh place team but then if they win these two games then they automatically have this, they're automatically in the playoffs and say if a player gets injured or something um, it's just it would be a disadvantage and it could be a lucky it could be a lucky undeserved you know uh, playoff injury so that's the concern I feel like that's the main concern about it but as far as the the good side from it we're getting more competitive basketball throughout the season from game one to game 82 for the teams that's in the seventh 8th, 9th, 10th, even 11th or 12th. And with that being said, you know what that prevents? That prevents a thing called tanking. It makes it harder for GMs to, you know, kind of establish to see if they want to be buyers or sellers since, you know, there is more playoff opportunities. But I feel like this really prevents tanking and more competitive basketball. But I feel like that first reason where, you know, the injuries and undeserving teams making the playoffs kind of outweighs where you get to see competitive basketball and less tanking. Because you look at the Lakers situation right now where they might drop down to the seventh seed and say if somebody gets injured again and then they lose both of these elimination games they're out the playoffs like that in a snap of a finger, then people are going to be really mad. I think that might be a bigger problem. If I was to vote for it, I'm cool with the playing tournament, but I understand why it might it shouldn't go moving forward but I think it can prevent tanking I'm all against preventing tanking because I'm like I said I like watching good basketball and competitive basketball any way to make the league more competitive or you know the regular season more watchable I'm all for it I'm I'm all for making the regular season more watchable and giving it having more meaning because I'm so tired of people uh, you know guys just taking games off and we're not we're treating the regular season like a joke and we're just waiting for playoffs yeah 
I'm waiting for playoffs as well, but I want to see competitive basketball throughout the regular season. There, there should be a point of the regular season. Like when you think of, of football or if in baseball, baseball, they used to have it where such little teams make the playoffs. So if you're in a playoff race, every game, every series matters, or especially in football, every single game matters. And, and I like that. I like where the regular season matters. It's, it seems like over time that the NBA regular season, it seems like it doesn't matter. And I, do, I don't like that. And this is a way where you can make the regular season more interesting. And honestly, it has proven that it could be because what we're seeing Steph Curry do with the Warriors is making, is making the play-in games really, really interesting. And seeing the Mavs, Lakers, and Trailblazers not want this seventh seed makes things really interesting. So... Let's talk about the teams complaining. So first, it was the Mavericks. It was Luka Doncic, and then it was also his owner, Mark Cuban. When they were like in the seventh or eighth seed, they were complaining about, you know, the playing. And we're, you know, now they're quiet because they are in fifth place now. But it's like, I think my my simple thing is like, and they vote, and Mark Cuban was one of the people that vouched for it, like that voted yes to it. My thing is like, if you don't want to be in it then win, you know, don't put yourself in a position to be in the play-in tournament. If <laughs> if you think it's not fair, I don't think how, I don't understand how it's not fair that you're a seventh seed and all you got to do is win one game to go into the playoffs. Just don't lose two games. Simple as that. And if you're to prove that you're the seventh seed and you're better than the eighth, the ninth, or the tenth seed, it shouldn't be a problem. And now you got the Lakers complaining. We haven't heard the we haven't heard LeBron say anything about the playing tournament, but now he sees his team slide and he's dealing with a few injuries. You see them slide down to the sixth spot, and now and knowing all the power that he got, he's saying the person that created the play-in tournament should be fired. Now, wow, <laughs> yeah, you couldn't be more secretive about that. You know, you couldn't be like you couldn't keep that to the down low. You just literally came out and basically said like. I don't want, I'm, I'm scared to lose in this play-in tournament. That's basically what it was. That's how I'm taking it. Because if you're the ret retaining champs, you shouldn't care on who's in front of you. It shouldn't matter. It really shouldn't matter. And if you're retaining champs and the roster is as deep as, as it should be, you shouldn't put yourself, they shouldn't be in a position where they're a sixth or a seventh place team. Simple as that. We can't be scared of competition. And it's the timing. The timing of when both of these teams complain was when they see themselves, you know, near the seventh spot or they're in the seventh spot. And honestly, I don't hear nobody in, I hadn't heard no Eastern teams complain about it. I haven't heard the Trailblazers complain, and I haven't heard no other Western teams, just two teams, Mavericks and Lakers. And it's, it's shocking to hear the Lakers complain complain about it, you know, hear LeBron complain about it when they're retaining champs. You haven't heard nobody in the East complain about it. The, the Celtics are in seventh spot right now. They're not complaining about it because they still have a chance to jump up to fourth. You haven't heard the Heat complain about it. You haven't heard none of these teams that were in the playoffs other than these two teams last year complain about it. The Mavericks were a seventh seed last year, and they're complaining about, you know, his playing tournament. And the reason why I think these two teams or these, you know, two teams or players or whatever is complaining about it, I think they're scared of Steph Curry. Just say it. Just say that you're scared of Steph Curry. Because when you look at this Warriors team, yeah, you know the roster ain't that well, but when you put yourself in a play-in position where you're in an elimination game and you gotta you got to see Steph Curry and there's an opportunity where he can just get off one night and eliminate you and 
you know, hurt your playoff hopes. He's over here shooting threes, doing shimmies, doing a surf dance, all of that. I'm going to get into Steph Curry later. But I would be terrified too. But that doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, want to back out from it. You can't back out from this. You can't. So at the end of the day, you just got to be able to compete and show who's the better team. It's one player. I never seen one player so small, I guess people call them. He's still 6'3. But he I never seen somebody put fear into so many teams. He put fear into so many teams. So that's interesting. And I just think it's foolish how the, those teams are complaining about the playing. As far as me as a Kings fan, it's easy for me to say, you know, I love the playing tournament because it's giving my team an opportunity to keep competing. If we didn't have this playing tournament right now, we would have probably traded, you know, Harrison Barnes or Buddy Heald and probably tried to tank for the rest of the season. This has given us something to play for and has have given us more competitive basketball and has put us in a position to learn how to win important games. Now, did we succeed on winning those important games? Not really. I would say we got a D and when it came to that. But it's a good experience and it's created more competitive basketball. It's given me something to watch. You know what I'm saying? As a consumer, I would say, it's given me something to watch. There's and you're seeing more competitive basketball on a night to night basis. So as far as the playing teams, let's talk about the playing teams. So the East is a little different from the West. Uh you got in the East, you got the Knicks at fourth place, 37-28, Hawks in fifth, 36 and 30. The Heat in 6, 35 and 30. Celtics at 7, 34 and 31. Hornets at 8, 31 and 33. Pacers, 30 and 34. Wizards, 30 and 35. Raptors, um, 27, 28. Bulls, 26 and 39. So it's looking like the Wizards, the, the, the type of run that they're on, they they keep on winning. They, they're, they look motivated. They're catching up so it's looking like the final the final three at least i don't know about the raptors or bulls catching up they're in the same position as the kings are in the west which we'll get into in a second but it's looking like the playing is going to for surely be the hornets pacers and wizards at eight nine and ten and then now you have a different dynamic not only you have a different dynamic of like the raptors and bulls trying to make it to the seventh you know trying to make it to that tenth spot but then you got the um Instead of like, you know, a, a fourth seeded team really just chilling for the rest of the season or a third seeded team for the, you know, just chilling for the rest of the season. Because that's what LeBron is used to do. Just usually the last two weeks of the season, he can, he wouldn't necessarily always try to go for number one seed, but, you know, he'll be a third or fourth seed. He can just chill. Well, now this year, if you're a third or a fourth seed or a fifth seed, there's still opportunity for you to drop down to seven, depending how far ahead you are, and you still got to play basketball games. The Knicks just clinched their first playoff berth since, two, since you know, since the mellow days, but they still have to compete for the rest of the season. Yeah, they're in the playoffs for sure, but this doesn't eliminate them for from the play-in. Does it? Yeah, it doesn't eliminate from the play-in because the Celtics is only three games behind them, so that that creates a different dynamic. So you got the Knicks, the Hawks, the Heat, and the Celtics. One of these teams are gonna be in the play-in, so it's these teams' job to make sure that they don't get that seventh spot. Right now, the Celtics aren't it, but they're only a game behind the Heat, two games behind the Hawks, and three games behind the Knicks. So this is going to be very interesting. It's going to be interesting to see if the the Celtics, you know, end up being a seventh seed. Now, if you move on to the West, 
Now the first four seeds are not going to be in the play-in. Now that is different for the East. The first three seed is not going to be in the play-in. But for the West, you got the first four teams locked in. That's not going to be in the play-in. That's the that's the Suns, Jazz, Nuggets, and the Clippers. But the rest of the teams, you know, the five, six, and seven, you got the Mavs, Lakers, and Trailblazers. You know, the Mavs are sitting there at 36 and 28. Lakers sitting there at 37 and 28. Trailblazers at 36 and 29. These teams are not going to go below seven, but one of these teams are going to be the seventh seed, the Mavs, Lakers, or Trailblazers. One of these teams are going to be in the seventh seed. So this gives them a reason to compete, to keep competing, and to make sure that they can avoid this play-in game. Now, if you look at 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, now the 12 is the Kings. They are four games behind the Spurs with eight games left. The Pelicans are two games behind the, the Spurs. And the Kings are 27 and 37, Pelicans 29 and 36, Spurs 31 and 33. So where the argument is is why it's bad is because now you got teams probably with negative records getting a chance, you know, under 500 getting into the, to the play-in tournament. And I can understand that argument. Teams with under 500 records and they, you know, have two good games and they end up in the playoffs, that not, that's not necessarily fair which is a reason why I don't think the play-in tournament will continue. But I'm not against it. I understand why it shouldn't be, and I'm okay with it not being there. But I also like this parody that we got going on right now. I really do. Instead of Because we had before you have four and five seed, even six seed teams just chilling for the rest of the season to just get prepared for playoffs. No, no, no. The regular season is going to be a full marathon, not just a... You know, not just a couple of laps and you get to have a water break and stuff and then keep going. Nah. So, but the uh, the 8th, ninth, and 10th spot is, is, is looking interesting. The 8th spot is looking interesting at least. So you got the Warriors, the Grizzlies fighting for this 8th spot right now. So, you know, if you're a Warrior fan or a Grizzlies fan, you really want the 8th spot. You don't want the ninth spot because if in the 9th spot, you have to win 2 games. If you're in the 8th spot, all you have to do is win 1. And the Warriors are sitting there at 33 and 32. And then the Grizzlies are sitting there at 32 and 32. Spurs are sitting there at 31 and 33 at the 10th spot. So a lot of things can go either way. And there's like eight games left in the season. Now, I'll tell you this. Nobody nobody wants to play against the Warriors. And that's not because of Andrew Wiggins. Not because of Juan Toscato Anderson. Not because of Draymond Green. Not because of Kevon Looney. Because of all these guys, they're they're all it's all because of Steph Curry. It's all because of Steph Curry and his pure ability. And I'm about to tell y'all, I'm about to show a lot of love to Warrior fans and Steph Curry fans, and I don't know about how LeBron fans is gonna feel about what I'm about to say. But Curry has taken the keys. I'm saying it, he's taking the keys. He is the best player in the world right now. Shout out to LeBron. You've been the best player for the past eight years. It happens. He's came out and said he's not. He does. He don't think he's ever gonna get to 100% right anymore. He don't think he's ever gonna be that prime LeBron anymore. He is 36 years old. Steph Curry is 32 years old. This is his generation. This is Steph Curry's generation. Buddy Heald is breaking all types of three-point records right now because of Steph Curry. Because he was drafted in 2016. 
the way that the Steph Curry changed the game has allowed so many players to blossom. We're seeing the game change. Everybody wants a three-point shooter. Everybody wants a guy who can dribble and shoot the three and create for others. But in this generation, there is nobody better at the way the game is moving right now than what Steph Curry is. If you want anybody in the league right now in this era of basketball, it's Steph Curry. He's doing this without clay. So now we're seeing, you know, all the talk about, oh, he had Klay Thompson, oh, he had KD, you know, he had a stacked team. He doesn't have that no more. Um, everybody compared, you know, even myself, like, okay, what if he would, what would he do if he was in a situation like Westbrook? He's proved that he's can, he can do more than that. He's not getting the triple doubles or nothing. But he, the way he is shooting the ball and the way he's moving without the ball, the way he is scoring the basketball and the way how efficient he is, it's just, it's remarkable. It's special. And, I mean, let's just break down what he's doing this season. He's putting up 31 points per game. All right? He's putting up six assists a game. He doesn't have no shooters like that on his team. There is no, Wiggins is not really a knockdown shooter. Kelly Oubre has proved he's not really a knockdown shooter. Draymond's not really a knockdown shooter. So he's playing with little to none, to no spacing. Wiseman has been injured this year. So he's playing, they've been playing small ball. The tallest player on their team has been 6'9 with Kevon Looney. They haven't been great defensively, and it's a first year with a lot of new players and a lot of young players. You have guys like Jordan Poole, um, you know, a new guy in Juan Toscano-Anderson coming off the bench, or even starting in some cases. You have a lot of other young players. The team is not a championship team, and you've seen Draymond come out and literally kind of not say it, but point to that, kind of made it obvious that this is not a championship team. And yet, he's still making an impact, still putting up 31 points a game, still getting at least six assists. Now, he's putting up game five rebounds. He's still getting to steal a game. But what's just most impressive is he's shooting 42% from the three-point line, 48% from the field, 61% efficiency. Now, if you just watch the Warriors play, now if you just watch the type of defensive attention, there's no other player that gets the type of defensive attention that Steph Curry gets. You got guys double teaming him, triple teaming him all the time. But his relentless stamina for him to just keep moving without the ball and also create for others, also be not only a great mover without the ball, not only being the greatest shooter in the NBA, but also being the second best ball handler in the NBA. And shit, maybe even the second best finisher as far as layups around the rim as an undersized guard in the NBA as well. Kyrie goes to the best finishing guard and as well as, you know, best ball handling. But Kyrie's not on that shooting level as Steph Curry, and that's obviously the most valuable thing in the NBA right now. How he's carrying himself as a leader with this team alongside Draymond to come, you know, you, you see the, it's the little things, you know, where, you know, he'll hit a three and he just, he just screams. He just screams like, ah, and he just gets his team fired up, pregame warm-ups, type of energy and composure that he's bringing to the game on a night-to-night basis. He's constantly playing on TV. He's constantly playing on big stages. He gets blown out some nights, but he gets these big wins always always producing, always producing. There's so much he could control with the team, and we've seen what he can do with a good team. But this, this time, he doesn't have a good team around him, and people 
where, you know, especially after those two games, y'all were quick to call him out and say he was going to fail. I, just, I told y'all, once he took them little braids out, it was going to be a problem. The more shots for Steph Curry, the better. And it's, it's just amazing to see how he's still shooting 42% from the three-point line while he's doing all this off the dribble, coming, getting double team, triple team. You know, none of these, these teams are not just letting him, you know, score. I promise you, coaches lose sleep the night before figuring out how to stop this dude. It's not coming easy to him. But also, you got to give him credit just how much work he has put in to continue to continue to expand his game. He's got stronger. Look at the dude's shoulder. He's just, he, he looking like he's got stronger. He's taking all these hits. Uh, look like some of the guys are just starting to resist off of him. Guys are just shutting off of him. He looks a lot stronger. He doesn't look like he's getting pushed around at all. And he's looking more confident than ever. It looks like he's having a great time. I think when he, you know, it, it's kind of a similar situation to where, you know, it, where it's, where it's to James Harden, where James Harden was able to do what he did and put up those numbers. Now, the difference with James Harden, we haven't seen him in a, like, in a pure winning championship situation. We've seen Steph Curry in that. So now he's able to, Go to you know he's having a new journey right now just for this season until Clay come back where you know he's getting have these nights where he's just putting up thirty every single night and he's proved that he can do it. Um, it was a big argument saying he wouldn't have the same success without you know the strength of the team he has and he has proven all the doubters wrong and honestly shown why he he's gonna end up being the greatest point guard that this game has ever seen as far as what my eyes have shown me and what everybody else's eyes has shown you. I think he just need one more ring to just really pass Magic to take that title. And I think it's very possible that he can get that ring. As well as how dominant he is. He's, he's doing this without the super team, as I said before. He's doing it. So, as far as the situation right now, he's at 32. LeBron is 36. And if you give Steph Curry Anthony Davis, you know... I'm pretty sure that he would be a final. I think Steph Curry, we can honestly agree when Steph Curry gets his help. When he gets that top five player, you know, LeBron's playing with a top five player. He's playing with a top three big right now. When Steph gets Clay back, you know, they have their Steph, Draymond, and Clay Thompson, which I think in this new era, I think they're the new Spurs. I think the Warriors are the new Spurs where you have three guys. They've been playing with each other for over 10 years now. And they're going to be in this league forever. I don't think Steph Curry is going anywhere for the next five or six years as long as he doesn't have no major injury. The only thing he, as far as injuries that I know is, you know, he had that wrist injury, broke his hand, and as far as his ankles. But he never tore his ACL or nothing, and he's never relied on athleticism. Athleticism is, is not really in his game. As far as he's in shape and he's able to run around the way he do, I'm watching J.J. Reddick still run around the way he do. His shooting ability ain't going nowhere. Same thing with Klay Thompson. Draymond's not going to be the same athletic, but his IQ is not going anywhere. His defensive IQ and his communication is not going anywhere. So when they get their squad back, the pressure is going to be on them again, obviously, to get a title or whatever. But we'll see. Right now, he's showcasing, he's showcasing himself right now. There's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be another free agent that's gonna want to come play with Steph Curry. And you got guys like Giannis or Joel Embiid, where if their situations if they end up not winning a ring, you know, in Philly or you know Milwaukee, I know Embiid or or Giannis will love to play with Steph Curry because they can fit each other very well. And right now this is 
Steph Curry's generation, if you see the way the game is going, he ain't look like he missed a step. He's the most dominant factor in basketball right now. I said it. I got Steph Curry over LeBron right now. The time of the dominance of LeBron was respectable. Was respectable. It was dominant. Many, many straight finals. You know, damn near lived in the finals of this 2010s decade. But as far as this early era of the 2020, we're talking about 2021. And I think for like the next three or four years, the best basketball player in the world is Steph Curry. Be mad, be mad all you want. But what he's doing right now in today's NBA as well, which is the NBA that he created, I can never say that LeBron has changed the way that game is ba- the game of basketball is played. I couldn't say that about Kobe. I can only say that about Jordan. And really, you could say that about Will Chamberlain. Anybody else? No. Nobody has changed the game to this level. No, you can say um, how Mahomes, not even Mahomes. You can't really even say that about any other sport, really. Um, you can say that about Tatis, maybe, how he's bringing baseball into a more passionate game, all the other international players that's coming in right now. But as far as changing the way the sport is played, we already knew how great that was, and he's proven that he's the best in the way he changed it. He's the best at it. And it's, it's not a debate. It's not a debate when it comes to that section. And I'm telling you, if, if Curry ends up with the same amount of rings as LeBron, I will have Curry as the greatest, um, you know, in this in this generation. For sure. For sure. Uh, when it comes to those twos, because I don't care about stats. Um, they play two different positions. You're talking about impact on the game and just pure dominance. The, the, the dominance that Steph Curry brings is different and I think more valuable. So I'm going to leave that there. I hope you have a wonderful evening, morning, whatever it is. Keep it pushing. If you keep pushing, you're closer to where you get than where you started. So there's no point in stopping now. Shout out to Nipsey Hustle. Other than that, peace.